What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 42, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm seeing so much red. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's finally wearing a Blackhawks hat on the Blackhawks show. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi, and I don't know what the hell he's doing ever. Boys, how we doing? What's up, Frank? Doing great. Crazy uh, past few days in sports. Oh, you're telling me, pal. Joseph, how you doing? I'm doing good. What do you mean you don't know what I'm doing ever? I, I've been wearing like the same hat, so there's really not much for you to comment on. But yeah, I try to like do it on the fly so it doesn't sound too like what predetermined. Are you drinking? Yeah, Joe, what are you drinking? <laughs> I feel interrogated off the bat. I'm drinking Diet Pepsi. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. If you drink Diet Pepsi, you're a weirdo. Sorry to all the Diet Pepsi drinkers out there, but ugh. Frank, is that what you expected me to be drinking? No, no. probably. Like, I would have never guessed that. You could have probably gave me like 30 tries, and I would have never guessed that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Diet Pepsi. Stuff. You know, I actually meant to grab something else. I When I took a sip, I realized this isn't what I meant to grab. So it's um, funny you even asked me. Frank, are you drinking anything? Yeah, just bottle of water. Oh, like normal. I'm, I'm double fisting. Yeah, we don't care about water. I'm double fisting. I have Red Bull. And shout out to Chipotle. I love Chipotle. What'd you get at Chipotle? No free ads. Just kidding. I got a burrito bowl with some chorizo. Real good. Real good. Do they still have the queso? Yeah, of course. I think yeah, the queso is a, if I a got staple. Ask me if I got one time I went there, they had no queso. Oh, I'd be livid. Absolutely. Like, that would like ruin the trip. Yeah, it was like, I don't know if there was like a queso shortage or something. But <laughs> you know, I know you can't be. even get cheese at Portillo's right now. I've been ask... trying to get cheese for three weeks. Yeah, it's honestly crazy out there with the cheese industry and the dairy industry, but I do got to ask you guys something. You guys like summer? Yeah, yeah I like summer. Summer's pretty cool. Winter. Is there anyone who just hates summer? No. Do you like summer more now that you're older than you did when you were younger? Because I feel like um... you do, Joe. No. I. It's surprising that I liked summer more when I was younger, but oh, I okay. like, but I, I dislike winter more now that I'm older. Oh, okay. no, I completely understand. So I think winter is easier. Is as weird as that sounds. I think the Monday through Friday grind in the summer sucks. But the best days of summer are some of the best days of the year. Frankie's bags tournament, uh, swimming, uh, late night, like games outside, you know, when we play like all that kind of stuff. You know, little little darties. Th- those are real fun. So I, I enjoy the summer on its best. I hate it on its worst. Yeah, and I agree with Giovanna here. I hate hot weather. Like when I'm dripping sweat and I'm just sticky, I got you know I'm chafing. Yeah, it's unless you're doing time. unless you're doing something fun. I guess, I but like, there's nothing worse than when you get all when it's muggy outside. Frankly, this happened at your house a bunch. We're sitting outside under the gazebo thing, and the, the mosquitoes are attacking us. Everyone's looking for off. We're all muggy, sticky. It's just it's just a worse feeling. Yeah, we're having fun doing the activity, but sitting there it just kind of sucks. I think as uh, kids, too, we looked more forward to the summer because of w- summer vacation. Exactly. Um, but I guess, like, it doesn't really matter now for any of us in our points with summer vacation, our points in our life. Um, but winter just – I don't – I'm not a fan of snow as much as I used to be just because it's, like, a pain in the ass now more than I think I'll, like, en- I'll enjoy, enjoy snow. It. I'm with you. I think I'll enjoy snow more if I ever have children because I'll be Mr. Snowman Dad. I'll be sledding Dad. It'll be really fun. But I do like the cold. I still wear shorts occasionally now. 
I'm wearing shorts yeah. as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and I also like the cold, like last Friday, it was like, it was single digits. It was Friday night. It was really cold. And we went outside and played hockey. But like when you're doing stuff like that, it's fun. Yeah. I hate like right now when it's like 30, it's like 35 outside. And to me, I'd rather it be in the single digits so I can do stuff. But now like the rinks are fucked. They're all choppy and cracking. It's like, so it's either it's got to choose between really cold or give me spring. I hate this in between shit. I agree with you on that. And you start to feel sniffly. Yeah. It's like, like fluctuates like that. Yeah, and I can't dress probably because like I start sweating if I throw on my winter coat. But Same. when it's when it's single digit, I love getting all bundled up, put the hat on, gloves, and I'm warm. I'm comfy. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I will say the worst days of winter are not as bad as the worst days of summer, but the best days of summer are probably the best in the whole year. Because like when you look back at 2021, what are your favorite days of the calendar year? A lot of them came in the summer. My number one came in the summer. So like. I don't know. I, a season discussion is interesting to me, though, because I do enjoy fall and spring as well. I would probably say fall is my favorite season. Yeah, I like sweater weather. Same. Pullovers. I still when... wear shorts and still be comfortable. Yeah. Shorts with a sweater like this, like I'm wearing literally right now. Best kind of weather. So you guys want to talk about some sports? Yeah, sure. it's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. We're going to take an unusual direction in this show than we normally do. Normally, we do hockey first and then get into the other sports. But because of the time of year, we're going to flip it around a little bit. So let's on over to period numero uno. And welcome to period one, where we're going to talk about football. Frank, you like football? I love football. I can't get enough of it right now. I'm excited for uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Back in the day, Joey used to just claim he didn't like football, even though he used to sit in front of the TV every Sunday for seven hours and watch football. But now I think he finally admits that he likes football. I like football. It's it's my third favorite sport. And there's I would say there's a pretty big gap between baseball and football. That's fair. I mean, but you like football. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's nothing not to like about it. Yeah, I'm to the point. I'm to the point where the three sports that we like are just all tied for first. Like I hate like trying to think about which one I like better. I just love them all. Is anyone going to respond? Fair enough. Ever? <laughs> Fair enough. The national championship was on Monday. It was an incredible game. It was fun to watch. It had drama. It had energy. It had stars. It had a great story. The Georgia Bulldogs came back and defeated the Alabama Crimson Tide. Frank, what the hell happened? I got to be honest with you. For the first half, it was not that exciting. I was expecting a lot more scoring. It was kind of boring, a little slow, some may say. Um, At one point, I thought Alabama was going to become the first team to ever win a national championship without scoring a single touchdown. Um, But as we all know, that changed later on for both teams. Um, I'm, I'm honestly very surprised at the outcome knowing that um, Smart, Kirby Smart, was 0-4 against Nick Saban in his career. Coming into that game, you know that's weighing on him a little bit. It's in the back of his mind, as much as he doesn't want to think about it. Um, but in the end, he overcame the Crimson Tide, and that that donut is now a long john. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. I love that. That donut is now a long john. The Alabama Crimson Tide are the best coached team in college football. And they had the best quarterback play in college football this year. And normally that gives you a distinct advantage. But guess what? 
I said it as kind of a joke last week. It's hard to beat a team twice. And the Alabama Crimson Tide absolutely destroyed Georgia in the SEC championship game. And not much was able to be repeated there in that game against them in the national championship game. They weren't able to beat them at the line of scrimmage like they were in the SEC championship game. Their defense wasn't able to put pressure on Bennett like they were able to in the SEC championship game. So just everything that Alabama did well, Georgia went to school on. Joe, what the hell do you have to say? He's got the biggest smirk. Because I want to share a little. I want to share. I want to share a little clip from last week's show. If you don't mind, I'm going to play that right now. If you're going to play a clip on the show, at least make it where we can hear it. Is there no audio? Nope, no. there's absolutely no audio at all. So uh, Joey, maybe it's for the better. Joey's yeah. trying. Joey's trying to clown me and Frankie, it's, and ends it's, up and ends up clowning himself. So there I don't you go. know how to get the audio in, and I'm not going to mess with it right now. Long story short, it is me saying George is here for a reason, <laughs> and me picking them as you guys both picked Alabama. That's what that clip was. But that was uh, I had to go and find that clip. I I don't know how to get the audio to play, but that's the summary of that clip. Just tune into last week's show if you want to so go. So Frank. That. Outside of Joey's complete nonsense, who do you think – like Kirby Smart was 0-4 against Nick Saban, right? And that, you said that was weighing on him and all that kind of stuff. And then they show this graphic that I wasn't aware of going into the game. And Alabama and Georgia had four common opponents this season, which it sounds like not a lot, but that actually is a lot for two teams in opposite divisions in the SEC. And so they had four common opponents, and Georgia destroyed those opponents, and Alabama barely skated by them. So that, to me, makes a little bit of a difference. I did not know that, even though all the advantages that I believe pointed towards Alabama. Georgia proved that they were the most dominant team in college football this season. We were all wrong. I thought Alabama was the best team, and I thought Georgia was the second best team. And I was almost right. But Georgia proved to be better on the bigger stage. They went to school on what they learned from Alabama. So is Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban over, in your opinion? Uh, No, I don't think it'll ever be over as long as these two are coaching in college football. Um, Honestly, when Alabama got into the college football playoff, I had a feeling that they were going to run away with it because of Nick Saban and the experience that he had. Um, But the fact of the matter is Kirby Smart, he came to play. And I think that we're going to see them play each other in the future. Maybe, I don't know, many more times. I don't know how long each of them will coach. Um, But earlier in the season, I believe Alabama lost to Mississippi State. Am I right? They were unranked. They lost to Mississippi State. And I'm like, well, this isn't the Alabama that everybody's used to this year. I don't, this might not be their year. But like I said, once they got to the playoff, I thought experience would uh, overtake Georgia and Kirby Smart and, that 0-4 I know is weighing on him more than anyone may think because I know for a fact if that was on my mind, I'd be like, this is my chance. I want to get my first win against Nick Saban in a big moment. And if I'm Kirby Smart, I don't care what happened in the past. You just got to worry about what happened in the present, that he won the national championship, and that all that, that's all that matters right now. Minor correction, Mississippi State did beat Alabama. They lost to Texas A&M. Was that the unranked team? Uh, Texas A&M was unranked at the time, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I knew somebody so, unranked beat them, so I, I yeah, yeah. They, they killed Mississippi State 45, 49 to nine and, a week later. 
And the whole, like, yeah, you beat your opponent by so much and Georgia beat the four opponents that they had in common more than Alabama did, I, I don't really think too much about that because each team plays their own system differently. So Nick Saban's system might not be surrounded by blowing out their opponents as much. Maybe they were focused on a little bit more defense. But I still thought it was Alabama's game to win, and Kirby Smart pulled me wrong. But we all knew how good Georgia was. So in the end, could you really be that surprised? No. Yeah. And it actually was like, you know, for majority of the game, a really close game. It just came down to that fourth quarter, that pick six. The, the pick game. six was yeah. the game. That was yeah. the game. Yeah, exactly. But this, going into like that fourth quarter, we had a close game the whole way. Yeah. So. I had fun watching it. I enjoyed it, it deeply. NFL week 18 for the first time in history. Kind of crazy. A little weird. There were some players complaining about it. Our beloved Tom Brady was one of them. But you play the games on your schedule and you do what you got to do. And now we have the postseason, but we can't talk about week 18 without talking about that absolute banana lands game on Sunday night football between Joey's Los Angeles chargers and Frankie's Las Vegas Raiders. Frank, what the fudge just happened? Well, I just want to go on record and state that that was the best regular season finale in NFL history. And it's not even close. And I'm so glad I got to witness it with my own two eyes because not a lot of games. I know the NFL adjusts their schedule um, on the last week based on like the big games. But did anybody expect that that whole game, that whole tie scenario was going to come down to that game? <laughs> like it was just absolutely insane. I think if someone would have write, wrote in, written a scripted ending to the NFL season. <laughs> if someone were to write a scripted ending to the NFL season, they probably wouldn't have wrote something as theatrical as what we witnessed. Because it seems impossible. Exactly. To need to need a game to not end in a tie seems like a lock. Frankie texted me that he has a better chance of getting struck by lightning than that game ending in a tie. And this was before <laughs> the game started. And so when there, when there were three minutes left in the overtime period and it's still tied and neither team looks like they even want to score, I looked at Frankie because we were watching it together and I was like, better not fucking go outside for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Struck by lightning. Three and minutes. What? Try two yeah. seconds or a missed field goal. There's two I, seconds I, I left of a missed field goal. This game's going to end in a tie. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't believe my eyes. I was so heartbroken because I was pulling for the Steelers to get uh -huh. in. I, that was just devastating. Yeah, and so the Pittsburgh Steelers get in because the game did not end in a tie, even though it was a whole two seconds away from ending in a tie. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And me and Frankie got into a little bit of a disagreement during the game. The Chargers called a timeout with 38 seconds left, and the Ra the Raiders looked like they were content with letting the clock run out, and it was going to be a tie, and they were both going to go in. And then the Chargers decided to call a timeout. It seemed like it pissed off the Raiders. They kicked the game-winning field goal, and the Chargers are out, and the Steelers are in. Joey and Frank, did that timeout change the game? Joe, you want to go? Well, I originally thought it didn't until Vinny sends me a tweet of uh, Carr saying that, yeah, it changed their, their mindset and their their play calling. Is that what you said? Their strategy? Is that what yep. you said, Vin? Yep. So I guess I can't argue with that. If that's true, then that really sucks for uh, Los Angeles because I, I was really hoping they'd both get in. Well, here, here's what I think. I disagreed with Vinny when it first happened, right, because I said, I, I'm I'm starting to lean towards agreeing with you, but at the same time, I, I can't fully commit to to saying that because here's the thing, right? Yeah, 
they looked like they were going to go down and just end the game, right? But you, for, first of all, you don't know if they were going to call a timeout with two seconds left, right? Because the clock was running. You don't know that was going to happen. Second off, did it really piss the Raiders off that much? I mean, they still ran a play and got the first down. So at that point, when the Chargers have no timeouts left after they called the timeout, what what's stopping them from just running the clock out now after they got the first down? Exactly. Right? So exactly. Like, so why well, that came you, after. Yeah, I know, but why does it make a difference now? The Chargers can't stop it anyway. They so probably point, like, the Raiders probably would not have called a timeout had the Chargers not. I think. Yeah, but why? But why? Yeah, there's zero. It just seems like there's zero logic. Yeah, it, it might have changed their strategy, but I don't think it would have changed the strategy in terms of them taking a tie. I think the Raiders wanted to win that game regardless of the Chargers calling the timeout or not. I think, the, I think the first down is what made the Raiders want to kick the field goal. If yeah. they were in the field goal, they weren't in field goal position before the Chargers called that timeout. So here's my logic is, I believe the Raiders, there was 38 seconds left on the, the game clock. I believe there's 25 seconds left on the play clock, meaning that would leave 13 seconds left in regulation, meaning the Raiders would still have to one, run at least one more play. At that point, we don't know if they're going to kneel down or if they're going to hand the ball off. They hand the ball off and get stuffed, they end in a tie. They hand the ball off and get the first down like they did, I think the Raiders still call a timeout with two seconds left and kick mm-hmm. that field goal. Exactly, exactly. That makes so sense. I don't, so I don't 100% agree with you, but I'm based on what players and the coach has said, I, I'm kind of leaning more towards maybe it changed the mindset, but I, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the only reason I'm still stuck on this mindset is hearing what the coach of the Raiders and what Derek Carr had to say about the whole thing after the fact. Because until they start speaking – you don't really know what they were thinking. So that's kind of where my head was at. Like maybe it changed things. The announcers were talking about it and all that. But then they asked Derek Carr after the game and his response was just interesting to me. So the Steelers are in. I don't know if you guys heard about that pack of fans that donated to um, Derek Carr's charity because of the fact that they got the Steelers in. But if either team advanced and they ended up playing each other some way, somehow that would be so funny. I know it's borderline impossible because they're probably the two, in my opinion, they're probably the two worst teams in the NFC playoffs, but you never know in this crazy league. Yeah, exactly. Crazy league is right. Frankie, I can't believe, you know, we were talking like it was big Ben's last game ever. And you gave I me said that, that crazy scenario. You gave me the crazy scenario and here we are. We get big Ben in the playoffs. The Jaguars beating the Colts is preposterous. They were like 15 and a half point underdogs. Trevor Lawrence is here. Like, he will be an elite quarterback, I believe, going forward. That was the game. When we look back 10 years at Trevor Lawrence's Hall of Fame career, it's going to stem back to that game in week 18 of the 2021 22 season. I believe that. Very well, could be. So we have a big, they call it Super Wild Card Weekend now. Because there's six games instead of four. And that's amazing. More football. We love football. I want to see what you guys would seriously pick for every single game. I'm genuinely curious. I have them all right here in front of me, and we'll go through them a little bit. And we all can pick our winner, and we can give a little little explanation why. Like, I want to hear your thoughts behind your picks. Don't just say the pick and be done with it. I want to know truly why you think that's the case. And, of course, we're going to start with the very first game that we will watch of the 2021-22 NFL playoffs, and that's the game between the Las Vegas Raiders playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joseph, you first. Who you got? I think we're going to go unanimous around the board here. 
I don't know. I'm going with Vegas. I don't know if that's what you're thinking. I am sticking with Vegas. They, they've they impressed me. They impressed me on Thanksgiving when they beat the Cowboys. They impressed me last night. Carr has been, you know, a fun guy to watch all year. And I'm going with them because, honestly, the Bengals, I don't know the health of Joe Burrow. Um, that's a huge thing, huge factor going in this game. They, they kind of didn't play that well last week against uh, the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. Yeah, so originally this was very, very hard for me to pick because um, I'm thinking, like, I don't want to choose with my heart, and but I just – choosing the Raiders wouldn't be choosing with my heart because I I honestly think they could win. So I was thinking the Bengals. But then, like Joey stated, the, the health of Joe Burrow, we don't know for sure. We don't know how well and ready he'll be. Yeah, the Bengals impressed me against the, the Chiefs when they beat them 34-31. That was a crazy game. Very impressive. They were home. It's hard to play in the jungle, but uh, I might have to lean towards the Raiders just because I, it's just, there's something about their season with the whole John Madden passing away. It's like, I feel like they have a lot of momentum with that, including of how well they've been playing. They just beat the Colts. They beat the Chargers when a lot of people didn't think they were going to beat the Chargers. Well, I honestly think the Chargers have the better team. Um, they impressed me that game. So I'm actually going to go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders are undervalued in this spot a lot, and I think the Bengals are easily beatable, especially with the status not known about Joe Burrow. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed with you guys. <laughs> I really, really am. I thought we were going to unanimously go for the Bengals because my pick is the Cincinnati Bengals. I disagree with you guys, but I don't think either of you are crazy. As weird as that sounds. I think the Raiders the Raiders could absolutely win this game. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I, I will take no slander if I'm wrong about this because I'm fully putting it out there that I believe it's a pick em. The only way I'll kind of let you guys make fun of me is if the Raiders like just absolutely destroy them. Like Then you can make fun of me. Um, the Bengals, to me, they have a better quarterback. I believe Joe Burrow will play, according to the things I've read today. And... What Los Angeles did to the Raiders in the second half of the last game scares the bejesus out of me because all the Bengals are are a slightly worse version of the Chargers, and the Raiders got a little lucky in overtime. I mean, they really, really did with just the way things turned out, and I think the whole scenario thing, they played differently knowing the whole tie thing. They didn't have to get that kill in order to get in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a whole different type of overtime, in my opinion, than usual. I believe the Bengals have – they probably have the worst roster of every team in the postseason. I know I talk about rosters a lot. Me and Frankie have had a lot of discussion about rosters. But rosters don't always mean everything, as we've seen with teams like the Cleveland Browns, like the San Francisco 49ers. Both of those teams have elite rosters, but certain quarterback issues and whatnot have kept them from reaching their true potential. I think it's the other way for the Bengals. I think they overachieved because they have an amazing offense. Their quarterback is explosive. They have great receivers. So... I'm picking the Bengals because I believe that their strength can become a weakness of the Vegas Raiders. So that's where I'm at with that. Very nice. It's kind of nice that we'd all didn't agree. Yeah, but we all make good points. And I agree yeah. with you, Vin. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win. You know, they got the home no, field advantage either. and all that. But yeah. I just, I really like the Vegas, especially with their. Uh, it's their a hard time. atmosphere to yeah, play too. Yeah, but just is. like Vegas, if the game was in Vegas, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Is, yeah. is it true that I heard uh, Daniel Carlson has never missed a field goal at home? Yeah, he hasn't. Well, 
at home in Vegas. Yeah. Since moving to Vegas. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's in Oakland. Young, in Oakland, I don't know if he was with them even when they were. Still I think in he's Oakland. one of the best kickers in the league. Oh, exactly, there's no, yeah. there's no doubt about it. So when he came in to win that game, I was like, I was like, there's no shot. This is, oh, yeah, this is my guy. I've been <laughs> cheering for him all year. <laughs> the only thing that worried me is like the Sunday night football curse. Like the Bears were on Sunday night football with Cody Parkey, and they just talked about his 11 missed kicks and or 10 missed kicks in the regular season over and over and over again. It's like when it's like the opposite for this guy. They kept talking about his streak, his streak, his streak. It's like one of these days he's gonna yeah, miss. <laughs> yeah, like one of these days he's gonna miss. He he will miss a field goal. So, like, it's just – it's funny to me. Um, I'm writing down my picks. I'll try and remember yours so I can write them down later. But, of course, the night game that day, January 15th, the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots in Buffalo. Frank, I'll start with you on this one. Um, This is actually a really easy pick for me. I really didn't hesitate. When, we, when I was writing down these picks, I, this was one of the ones I did right away. I'm like, this is easy. I got the Patriots. Um, the, when you asked me at the beginning of the year, Vin, who is the best team? I go right now, the bills are the best team in the league. I think they fell off a cliff and they, they haven't even climbed halfway back up that cliff. Uh, I don't trust Josh Allen. The Buffalo bills fan base is a crazy fan base, but now you got bill Belichick in the playoffs with Mac Jones. Who's looked like an absolute stud. He's been the best rookie quarterback we've seen this year. I just don't think there's denying them right now. Um, at this point in the wild card game, I would actually be shocked if the Bills won. Joe? I love it. I agree with Frankie completely. This is where Bill Belichick shines is in the playoffs. The Patriots in the second half of the season have been probably far and away better than the Buffalo Bills in the second half with their big win streak and all that, you know, halfway, midway through the season. The last time they played in Buffalo, the Patriots did win. So I'm going with the New England Patriots as well. Yeah, the big old snow game that showed a lot you know, skill on both sides of the ball. Um, I love the New England Patriots. They're my second favorite team in the NFL, except for when Tom's on the Bucks. then they're my third favorite team. I do not think they're going to win this game. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win. I believe they are the better team. Josh Allen is far and away better than Mac Jones. And I think this is the one time, the one time that Buffalo has an opportunity to escape their biggest rival. It is funny to me because last year, Buffalo finally gets in. The Patriots were kind of bad. They finally had a chance to win the division. And, like, they lost to Patrick Mahomes, right? I'm pretty sure. And then this year comes around. They're still an elite team. They go 11-6. and six, And the Patriots are just right back. And they make the playoffs. Here's the Patriots right again in the first round. So, to me, it's like... It's funny to me for Buffalo, but I got the Bills getting their one ever win in a big game over Bill Belichick's Patriots. You know what uh, What scared me about the Bills is we look back to week one of the regular season. The Bills mm-hmm. lost to the Steelers. That was like a big wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe Josh Allen's not going to have it this year. They end up rebounding. Um, many, many weeks later, <clears throat> they play the Jaguars. They beat the Jaguars 9-6. to six. You're like, wow, really? You only beat the Jaguars 9-6? to six? That's you score three field goals or five field goals total in the whole game. Now you're like, okay, so now this is really concerning. And now you got to go up against Bill Belichick, who has the obvious experience in the playoffs. I just think it's going to be a tough road for Allen and the Bills. I just, I see the Patriots squeaking away with this game, kind of with ease maybe. 
Interesting. That's some good takes. It's the second game in a row. So on Saturday, both games, you two think differently than I do. But again, same as the 3.30 game on Saturday, I acknowledge if New England were to win, I wouldn't even be slightly surprised. And I will be watching that game at a bar and I will be wearing my Patriots stuff. So I'm rooting to be wrong on this one. I, I do want everyone to know that. I, the Patriots are like my guys outside of the Bears. So go Pats. I just don't think they're going to win. Yeah, there's um, there's a there's a pick I have where I'm in, kind of in the same boat. I'm rooting for, in one of these upcoming games we're about to talk about. I'm rooting for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think, I think I know what game you're talking about there. And we'll go right into Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom can't escape Philly in the postseason. Who do you got? Joe, I'll go back to you. I'm going with the Bucs regardless of Tom's history against Philadelphia. It's in Tampa Bay, new team. The Buccaneers are a far and away better team. Uh, not much more to say. I, I actually think this is going to be it, – it could be the least close playoff game of, the, of this week. Very interesting. Frank, what do you got? Um, I got the Bucs as well. Shouldn't be a surprise. They're at home. I don't trust the Eagles. Um, I've actually surprisingly heard a lot of people like the Eagles plus eight and a half. Um, I personally wouldn't touch the spread either way because I, I just think the Bucks are going to win. And to, the Eagles aren't – they don't – I don't even know the word for it. It's not like they don't surprise me, but they don't like – They don't scare you? They don't – I, I don't really know the word for it. Like, they, there's nothing special about the Eagles in my opinion. Like – there's nothing that they've done this season that would make me say, I think they even have a chance to beat the Bucs. Exactly. I think the Buccaneers are capable of putting up 40 points on the Eagles defense. Very interesting. We agree unanimously. I have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe it won't be close. And Tom in the playoffs, hard to beat him in the first round. I think it's only happened like three or four times. Um, they would have had a bye had they not changed the rules, which kind of sucks. But, you know, it – it's the closest thing you could get to a buy in the NFL playoffs. I, I, no disrespect to the Eagles. They overachieved this year, in my opinion. And I thought they'd be a lot worse than they were. And you can make an argument that Jalen Hurts was the best Alabama quarterback in the NFL this season. I mean, Mac Jones was good, but, like, there were times. Same thing with Tua Tango-Vailoa. He was good at times. But, like, the Dolphins, the 1-7 start killed him. Mm -hmm. You know? So... I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Good Jersey game, in my opinion. But I got Tampa Bay winning that game rather easily. Right after that is a game between the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys. Frank, what are you liking that one? Uh, I like the boys in that one. I like the Cowboys at home. You know how earlier in the podcast a few weeks ago I said that I think the Colts are frauds and they didn't even make the playoffs? Well, I think the 49ers are frauds as well. I just don't get why everybody's talking about these guys. They haven't impressed me. Garoppolo's been off his game. He's not the Garoppolo I used to know. I don't know what your opinion on him is, but I, I like Dak Prescott at home. The only thing the Cowboys need to get going is Ezekiel Elliott. He's kind of been a muffin lately. Um, but if he finds his groove at home, Dak Prescott, I, I don't know how the 49ers are going to win this game. Joseph? I agree with everything Frankie said about the Cowboys, but the only thing I disagree with is I actually have been impressed by the 49ers this season. You look at some of their wins. They got some big wins this season. They beat the Rams twice. Uh, they beat the Bengals. They uh, Their last two games of the season, they beat the Chargers, Chargers and the Raiders. 
But again, I like the I just like the Cowboys better, especially at home. I think the Cowboys are a much more impressive team. But I do think the the 49ers have impressed me this year and they deserve to be in the spot. 49ers, good roster. Jimmy G's the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, so he can't really elevate them with they're the Cleveland Browns. They're the Cleveland Browns that actually did get to 10 wins. <laughs> Top roster quarterback that holds them back, but they still they have a better coach. I do think the 49ers got potential, yeah. but this is not their year. They they need they need a they need Trey Lance to be like a top quarterback. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I know, I know he came close. But I like Jimmy G too. I I got him like right there with Baker Mayfield around like the 2021st best quarterback in the NFL. Not good enough to win the Super Bowl. I, I believe. Wait, I think he's better than Baker. Nah, he's really not. If you look statistically, he's won more than Baker. You know what Jimmy Garoppolo is? He's a successful version of Mitchell Trubisky. They win a lot, but it's not very like pretty. And, like, you could tell that an upgrade would elevate the team even further. Like, that to me is what I see in Jimmy Garoppolo. Same thing with Baker Mayfield in a way. Baker Mayfield's not bad. He's just not good. So, like, you you replace that guy on that roster with somebody really good, then they can win the Super Bowl. That's how I feel about the 49ers. So, but although I know everyone knows, anyone who knows me personally knows, the Dallas Cowboys are my least favorite team in the NFL. If they were playing the Green Bay Packers, I would root for the Packers. But this week, how about them Cowboys? I believe they will beat the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately, that's another game where I hope I'm wrong. The nightcap of Sunday night. I wonder if we're going to all unanimously agree on this one, but maybe not. The Kansas City Chiefs will host the Pittsburgh Steelers at Arrowhead. And it is the largest gap of a betting line in the NFL this weekend, and it's really not particularly close. Joe, who you got? This is the one game I was talking about where I, yep, I hope I I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong yep, so bad. I figured. I w- I, Frank, I, if you have any extra Steelers gear for me to borrow, I would take it because I want <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers to win so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not high on the Chiefs. I said last week I think they're going to lose in the first round, but <laughs> – Looking at this matchup, I, I I can't I can't take the Steelers. I, I I think the Chiefs will win this game, but I really want the Steelers to win. Why are you not high on the Chiefs? What did they do to not? I'm just I, not. They, I, they tied with the Titans for the best record in the AFC. I know, and the Titans just, got the bye. I you know why every, are you not high on the Chiefs? Every once in a while, understand. you got those teams who are so who are good, but their wins I, I don't know their wins just haven't necessarily impressed me, especially like. You know, they were like they barely beat the uh, the Broncos last week. I don't even know. I don't think anyone was Mahomes starting. Did he play that game? Yeah, last okay. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, last they, week. Needed, they wanted a buy, so and they, they and they barely beat Denver. So Denver it's like pretty good. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of games this year that Patrick Mahomes they didn't impress me. Their defense didn't impress me. I'm not high on them. I think they can beat the Steelers. But the Steelers have had some, you know, good games. They need to play. They need like Chase or uh, yeah, Claypool. They need him to go off again. They need Big Ben to, you know, really have a strong game. Uh, it's going to be hard because we all know how good Patrick Mahomes like really is. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Patrick Mahomes. I acknowledge that he is probably the the most skilled quarterback in the NFL right now. 
but it's just something about the Chiefs team. I'm not high on them. They're, they are n- not going anywhere near the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Right? It breaks my heart to say this, and you may not have expected me to say this, but I got the Chiefs beating the Steelers. But I will be rooting for the Steelers more than any other team that we've talked about, and I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope the Steelers blow the wheels off the Chiefs. But from a logical perspective, I have to choose the Chiefs. The Chiefs have dismantled the Steelers when they played them this year. Um, it, it was just it was embarrassing. However, the Chiefs have shown there have been problems with their defense. It has been kind of better lately, slightly better lately. I would say their best games were through the middle part of the season. Then I kind of fall, fell off at the the latter part of the season. Um, and the Chiefs or the Steelers got a really good defense, in my opinion. They're always playing games that go under. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Steelers win. I've seen a lot of jokes about when the Chargers were playing the Raiders, like, oh, who's going to be the sacrificial lamb for the for the Chiefs? But if the Steelers win, you got to give them props. That goes a long way. I'm rooting for them. The Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, have a top five defense. I don't think you can win a, a playoff game with Big Ben. I adamantly disagree on the Chiefs all around with you guys. I know their offense hasn't had its best game yet this season, and that should scare every team in the AFC because Travis Kelsey still had a 1,000-yard season. Patrick Mahomes was still unbelievable. Like, they, they didn't explode like they did every other year, but there's more film on them. Teams Same. are more prepared when the Chiefs come to town. And this year, in Week 18 or Week 17, they lost a regular season game in November, December, or January for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era. What does that tell you? That tells me that Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and nobody makes adjustments better than him besides maybe Bill Belichick. Andy Reid's Chiefs should be able to take care of their business against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They should be able to beat any team in the AFC. I have them going to the Super Bowl. That, to me, their their biggest test will be the Tennessee Titans if they play them because the Tennessee Titans are what the Chicago Bears should be, run and play defense, and, like, Brian Tannehill, don't turn the ball over. But I don't know. I, I think the Chiefs are being way undervalued here. We went into the season thinking that their defense was going to be a mess because it was a mess last year and it was a little bit broken the year before. It got fixed. After that debacle against the Cleveland Browns in week one, which they still won, they have really clamped down. They've gotten better. It's a pretty good defense. Now, it's not as good as the Steelers' defense, but it's comparable to the Steelers' defense. And they have Patrick Mahomes. So to me, I have the Chiefs, and I, I'm i like really high on the Chiefs. They're, they're one of those teams that, like, remember there were a couple Patriot years where they weren't blowing teams out like we're used to seeing them do. You know, there was that one year where they, like, squeaked into the Super Bowl at, through the Chiefs, and then if it weren't for the late play to Gronk, they would have lost to the Rams. So, like, you know, there are a couple years like that with the Patriots. It's going to happen to the Chiefs from time to time, too. I think the Chiefs should roll through the playoffs with relative ease. Um, You know what really scared me about the Chiefs' defense and why I bring it up is the game they played against the Bengals. Mm. They let up 34 points to the Bengals. That's a team that if you got to beat, that's a game you got to win, especially if they end up facing them in the playoffs or something like that. If I think that the Raiders could beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, 
then the Chiefs better beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. But they didn't. And they loved 34 points. That was very scary to see from their defense after how well it was playing. That's why no. I just don't trust their defense. That's fair. The one thing I'll say is not a rebuttal because you're right. I agree with you. But the Bengals are right there with the Chargers of most explosive offense, can score points quickly, can make any defense in the NFL look like idiots at any point in time. You know, they just uh, a flip switched for the Chargers against the Raiders and they almost won the game. I believe the Bengals can do the same thing. 24 points last week against Denver, they gave up. So I'm with, that, I'm with that you was on their, too. I'm with you on their defense. I was rooting for Denver so hard just because <laughs> I would have been able to further back my point. But I don't know. The Chiefs are good. I acknowledge that. But just something about them this year, don't see them going too far. I understand where you're coming from. And then, of course, for the first time ever, we will have Monday night football in the playoffs. We're going to get together for it, the three of us. It's going to be a real spicy night. I cannot wait for it. The Arizona Cardinals will play the Los Angeles Rams. This is Debate City. Yeah, Frank, I already know we disagree. Joe, Joe, the floor is yours. <laughs> Frank, you know, this is probably going to be the first one out of all the games we mentioned that we're going to disagree. It's all right. So uh, it's only fitting that um, unless unless he doesn't, Vinny's got that face. I'm sticking with my boys. I'm sticking with my guy, Kyler Murray. <laughs> he makes that face. I knew he knew he was going to agree. I'm sticking with Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals, they can go into Los Angeles and win this game. They, they just it hasn't been great of late. They can get back to how they played in that, that first quarter of the season, first half of the season, where they were the best team in the NFL. No one's going to change my opinion on that. They can get back to that. Starts in the playoffs. Except for the Cardinals themselves. Kyler Murray is my guy. They're going into Los Angeles and winning a playoff football game. What do you got? Why would you think I disagree with you? I couldn't no. agree more with you. Hell yeah. Screw and Vinny. I, Me and Frankie and, sweep the board on our picks. We're and, watching football weekend together. Let's do and it. I, and I had an argument against Vinny. Like, I think the car, why the Cardinals, the only reason they're not favored is because they're on the road. I, I know you were with the me. Favorite. Let's I'm go. a Cardinals guy. I'm a Kyler Murray guy. Hell yeah. I, why, I don't even know why you would think I, I'm not high on Matthew Stafford. Vinny knows how, what I think of Matthew Stafford. Um, I don't trust the the Rams. They lost at home to the 49ers. I think the Cardinals are better than the 49ers. So this is just it's just going to be a bad look for the Rams to lose back to back weeks at home in key situations. Give me the Cardinals. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm so happy, Frank. You just made my day. I don't even like whatever. I can't wait to hear this this clown juice that comes well, out of his mouth us. right now. <laughs> Let's hear it. I think you guys are both absolute fools. <laughs> the fact that you pick the team. That shit the bed in December the most in the NFL. The Jaguars were better than the Cardinals in December. The Jaguars. Okay? The freaking Rams have a superstar at every position. They have a superstar quarterback. I don't care what anyone says about Matthew Stafford. I'm not letting his Detroit days make me think any differently. He's not, He, you know, he's not the best quarterback of all time, people. There, people overvalue Matthew Stafford. I understand that. But Matthew Stafford is going to go to the Hall of Fame. His cumulative stats will put him in the Hall of Fame, especially if he makes a couple deep playoff runs with the Los Angeles Rams. They have two superstar wide receivers. Not one, Cooper Cup, two, Odell Beckham Jr. They have the best, I'll, I'll put them second best defensive player in the NFL. I think T.J. Watt probably passed them. And Aaron Donald, okay? They have unbelievable talent. 
on the Los Angeles Rams roster. And the Arizona Cardinals this year are last year's Pittsburgh Steelers. They started 11-0. Then they lost to the R-Words on Monday Night Football. And it was just a shit show from there for the Steelers. And they got bounced in the first round. This year's version of that is the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry to say I have nothing nothing good to say about the Arizona Cardinals other than it's still a positive year for them because the difference between the Cardinals and the Steelers is the Steelers are like kind of on a downward trajectory. A lot of their guys are getting old. Mike Tomlin's been there for 15 years where the Arizona Cardinals, they have an up and coming quarterback, um, really good receivers, a young team. So I think it's a little bit different there, but I do think the Rams will win the game and I cannot wait to hear the clown juice that comes out of your mouth next week when you're wrong. I can't I wait to agree more with Skyler. Here. Yeah, I got Skyler's comment on the screen here because I, I see it. I could see the future that he that Stafford throws a fourth quarter pick. Cardinals go down. Me and Frank are celebrating. <laughs> and I just I don't think he's a Hall of Fame guy. I know you talk about his stats and you say you're not going to let what he did in Detroit make you think otherwise of the guy. But no. What did he, he did do? On well, in, he did well in Detroit. I'm talking about the wins and losses. Yeah, I know, but like he. They he was the Lions are terrible. Matthew Stafford in his career has thrown. Hold on, I'll get the yards. He's thrown for over four thousand yards. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Nine. The Chicago Bears have never in a hundred years had a four thousand yard passer, and Matthew Stafford has done it nine times. Out of 13 years. That is, and the only years he didn't do it were he played eight games in 2019 and he played three games in 2010. And then he had a down year in 2018. Other than that, he, he almost had 5,000 yards this year. He came 200 yards short. And like the Rams kind of got off to a weird start. So to me, Matthew Stafford, he's in the same vein as like Phil Rivers. You know, like just a really, really talented quarterback that was always on a bad team. Look at what happened when Phil Rivers went to the Colts. In his last year, he was pretty good. Matthew Stafford goes to the Rams, and he finally, for the first time in his career, or I guess second, third time in his career, has more than 10 wins. I mean, some of these statistics from Matthew Stafford are honestly laughable. He's throwing 45-plus hundred yards a season, 5-11. and 11. Six and ten, nine and seven, nine and seven, seven and nine. There's an eleven and five year halo. Matthew Stafford has the two, the two most receiving yards in a season by a wide receiver are Calvin Johnson. I want to say it was 2012, and Cooper Cup this year. Matthew Stafford was the quarterback for both of them. He gains yards. He scores points. His defense until this year has always stunk, and I feel like I feel like an idiot defending Matthew Stafford. I don't want to defend Matthew Stafford. That, that's a Detroit guy. I'm from Chicago. I don't want to do any of that shit. But the Rams, to me, and the Cardinals could win. It's another one of those. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, uh, a lock because I respect Kyler Murray. I respect respect Kingsbury. It's a good team. J.J. Watt might return. So the Cardinals have it going for them, and they're going to be a good team for a long time. But this week, I got the Rams. You know, interesting um... – I could see Kyler Murray winning a Super Bowl one day. Might not be his year this year, but I can never see Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl. Ever. I just don't see it. Interesting. I think Matthew, 
If Kyler Murray has the career of Matthew Stafford, I'll be stunned. How, how can you say that? Because was... if if Matthew okay next year Matthew Stafford's fifth yard, he needs five more yards. That's got to suck to not get that before the end of this season. He needs five yards to reach fifty thousand in his career. He in his career has thrown. 323 interceptions to 161 or 323 touchdowns to 161 interceptions. That is a one, two to one touchdown to interception uh, ratio. I mean, we're talking similar statistics to like Peyton Manning and, you know, he's going to, he'll probably be up there. I don't, I don't know where he is on the all time passing yard list. The passing yards, they are elevated compared to once the, what they once were. He had 41 touchdowns this season. I mean, if Kyler Murray ends up ends his career with the numbers that Matthew Stafford has, yes, I will be stunned. If he reaches fifty thousand yards, Matthew Stafford will probably get around four hundred touchdowns. He is currently, he is currently. I can't find his age. He's is currently thirty three years old. So you figure if he plays for another six or seven years, he'll probably get to around four hundred career passing touchdowns. I'd be if any player getting that right now, any young guy. I mean, you can't just assume that. Kyler Murray through three seasons has eleven thousand yards. That's that's a phenomenal that's really good. first three seasons. How many? Eleven thousand four hundred and eighty passing yards that's for phenomenal. Kyler Murray in his first three years. He got thirty seven hundred his first year, thirty nine seventy one last year, and he finished this season with thirty seven eighty seven. So, so he's I mean, never had a four thousand yard passing season. No, it didn't take. It took Matthew Stafford his third year. He he didn't play much in his second year. So I guess his second full year he had five thousand yards. Matthew Stafford, which is which is great. Don't get me wrong. And then it's four thousand from there. Two thousand nineteen at twenty four hundred. Kyler Murray is yeah, starting off on. Hurt. Kyler Murray is starting off on a thirty seven plus thirty seven hundred plus year pace. He's only going to get better, which is which is crazy to think about. This guy even getting better. Kyler Murray is just getting started. The only thing I could see keeping Kyler Murray from reaching that passing yard pinnacle that Matthew Stafford has is he can run. He's more athletic. And what has exactly. Stafford done in crunch time? Huh? And what has Stafford done in crunch time? Absolutely zilch. No, the, the, the Lions have been terrible during his tenure, and he deserves a little blame for that. I'm not talking about just on the Lions. They had a big game this week at home. They needed that for well, Matthew Stafford didn't blow a 17 to nothing lead in the fourth quarter. I understand, but you just can't put none of the blame on him either. No, part I, of the team. I, I agree with that. But when you're winning 17 to three at halftime, like, and when I, mean, I think, of crunch, and when I think of crunch time with Kyler Murray, I just think of the hail Murray. Just the absolutely Murray. clutch. Absolutely. I'm not ripping on Kyler Murray. I said, I'll be stunned if he has similar numbers to Matthew Stafford by age 33. Cause I will. And that doesn't even mean he won't have a better career. He could win Super Bowls to Matthew Stafford not. And it's funny because we're using one game to talk about both guys' careers. <laughs> we're like picking this one this one Monday night football game. That was a very good football discussion. I did not think the first period would be 50 minutes long. Nice. I think in Matthew Stafford currently, I think this is accurate. He Maybe currently a football show. Matthew Stafford currently has 1,000. 241 rushing yards through his whole career. Kyler Murray has 1,700 through three seasons. So, I mean, if you're going to put, you got to take that into consideration when evaluating these quarterbacks, two completely different quarterbacks. I agree. You're right. They're both great. 
that's all there is to it. And you know what else is great? Hockey that we haven't talked about once <laughs> in 52 minutes. <laughs> Gonna say hockey. They come to the hockey show. You want to talk some hockey? I do want to talk some hockey. Um, Period number two. Welcome to Period Two, brought to you by Evgeny Malkin. He returned to the Pittsburgh Penguins for the first time in eight months. Boys, it was great to see 71 play for the Penguins. Gino Gino's back. Joe, your reaction? Yeah, sick. Um, it, it, it's, it's sick. It's, I want to <laughs> shit on it. <laughs> I, and you know I want to shit on it. but you. I was thinking that... of you so hard last night. I was thinking oh, of you so hard last and night. And I was thinking of you thinking of me. Like I'm not <laughs> even kidding because I was like, Vinny's going to give me shit. He's going to talk about how he's got him in fantasy. Sure as shit, you sent me the text message. I drafted him with the second to last pick in the draft because no one wanted his injured ass. I drafted him, stored him on IR, and picked up Wild Bill the next day. I, I'll never forget it. And they both scored yesterday in the same game. Yeah, and that's the same game. But and the highlight of this whole Malkin thing is is not the fact that he got to. It's like the story. He posts a picture on Instagram after the game. He I don't know if you saw it. He posts one picture of him in his crutch, and I can't read Russian, so I don't know what the fuck he captioned it. But uh, and then the next picture, if you swipe over, is him holding his stick up after he scores his first. It was just an insane night for Evgeny Malkin. The Pittsburgh Penguins are are a little scary, especially. You know, we, every week we're flipping over here because last week we were talking so high about the Rangers. The Rangers uh, kind of are kind of cooled down a little bit. They're still I'm the only team. one that didn't have him in my top five in the. Year. I had him in my top five over the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's going to be a ton. It's going to be a fun finish because now the Penguins are really starting to heat up. And it's Ooh, it's fun love, to watch. I love the Penguins. Fun I to love watch. I'll the Penguins. Frank, two goals, one assist for Evgeny Malkin. 87, 71, 58, all in the same Penguins lineup. Maybe they'll trade for Flurry. Who knows? But Malkin is back. I uh, I had the Penguins in my top five in the East um, when we were talking about them. They were really good without Malkin. They got to where they are right now in the standings without Malkin. Then you add him back in his first game back. He comes up with two goals, one assist, and one of them being a power play assist. I mean, they dismantled the Ducks. They went into Anaheim and won. Now, I know Anaheim hasn't been the Anaheim as of late that we would think they are. They've kind of cooled off a bit too, but they went into Anaheim and just destroyed them. And yeah, and part of that is just from Malkin on his own. Like if Malkin wasn't in that game, that that could be a whole different game. He had three points. Yeah, uh, it, it was impressive coming against Anaheim, a team that I've talked so highly of. You know, the past few months, I'm I love Anaheim. I love everything, but you can tell that they're in the little goaltending troubles. With yeah. Stolarz, he's, I don't think he's a true number one yet. John Gibson hasn't played since January 4th because he's got COVID. I believe he's still on the COVID protocol. And you can tell, like, that game could have gone differently had John Gibson been in net because Anaheim is that good of a hockey team. But, I mean, Pittsburgh is just – they, like you said, Frank, they dismantled them. And then you got Tristan Jari in net, mm-hmm. who's just been an absolute stud. Yeah. Now, I do think if Gibson was in the game, it would have been a little bit differently. I don't think the final score would have been 4-1. to one. It would The whole pace of the game would have been changed, so we don't know what would have happened. But uh, Stolarz has been decent. He yeah, he's been, been decent. Terrible. He's a great backup to have. Give give Gibson the night off when he needs it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gibson is the true number one, one of the best goalies in the world. Um, and Stolarz does a great job in, in taking that pressure off of him. But as the number one, I don't think it's going to work out. They need Gibson back soon. <laughs> yep. I agree with Frankie that the goaltending, it changes everything. Because like maybe if Stolarz wasn't in that, Sidney Crosby buries that 
uh, rebound on the power play right in front of the net that Stolarz made the save on. So there are so many different things that change over the course of the game. Speaking of players being back, Jack Eichel skated with the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday. He was wearing a non-contact sweater almost two months to the day after having his neck surgery. He became the first player in National Hockey League history to have that specific neck surgery. I'm not going to play doctor and act like I know the specifics of it, but it's good to see Eichel back. One of the best teams in the league is adding one of the best players in the league. Cannot wait to see their new number one center, and it'll be so interesting to me see who they make his line because they, they might just make a brand new line. Why separate Stone and Pacioretty and why separate Wild Bill, Marsha Salt, and Riley Smith? I mean, Ooh, have been awesome. Exactly. I know. Oh, Marsha show is back to like the way he was playing in their, their inaugural year. Yes. And the game that they played against the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday was back and forth. They all played the Leafs and Campbell stood on his head and Nylander had a sweet snipe in the shootout. So it was a very close game between two elite teams. So Vegas is a wagon. Call up one of those college, sweet college kids that Vegas has and put them on a line with Eichel and have three outstanding lines. That's yeah. what I legitimately believe could be the case. Vegas, I'm all in on Vegas. They're so sweet. Yeah, I, I think uh, who's centering Patch Reddy and Stone? I believe it's Chandler Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's been sick. That line has been sick. So it's Why like, break it up? Why, why take away production from Stevenson? Yeah, you don't need to number your lines. This is a team that can have one fourth line and three lines you can roll out there to score goals. Whatever line Jack Eichel's on is probably the top line. But you know when I think it, of when I think of Jack Eichel, I just picture like a snake in the bushes ready to pounce on his prey, and that's basically what's going to happen when the Golden Knights get Eichel back. And here's the thing: the Knights are kind of like how the Penguins are. The Knights are great even without Eichel, but when they add that piece back. I think they're going to run away with the, the West, in my opinion. I think they're coming out of the West and going yeah. to the Cup as the West victors. I think so, um, too. And I think they honestly could have done that without Eichel, as they're proving that now without yep. him. So just adding that piece to the puzzle just makes him even more deadly. It is. And it's scary. It's scary that he joins the squad right now skating because their next two games were supposed to be in Edmonton, in Calgary, both canceled. They literally have – a week in Vegas. Their next game is at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which should be a phenomenal game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. They should trade back for Flurry, too, because having him and Leonard would be nice for the playoffs, but we'll see what happens. I wrote on here on our notes, Evander Kane has a few teams looking at him. This is actually pretty much inaccurate. He's going to sign with the Edmonton Oilers. If he hasn't already, I'll take a look at that really quick. But if Evander Kane signs with the Oilers, Frank, what does that mean for you? Well, I was when you had that written down, I was trying to look at teams that were looking at him, and the only team I could find were the Edmonton Oilers. So I don't know what other teams were interested in him. There were a couple. They asked some coaches of teams like, like I'm pretty sure the Bruins were mentioned because they could use like a winger like that. But like his character comes into play too, which turns yeah. a lot of people away. Which brings me to my next point. I'm not a big Evander Kane guy. Back in the day, I was, but that was like when I just watched hockey. But now I kind of like learn about hockey and you learn about like stuff they do off the ice. And I think right now the biggest problem with the Oilers, and we've mentioned this in the past is that when you shut down dry and McDavid, the Oilers are going to have problems. Right. And Evander Kane hasn't been that impressive, at least in my opinion, as of lately. So I think I, I understand why the Oilers would want to add him because obviously he could be deadly at any given point, but I'm not an Evander Kane guy. And honestly, I don't see the, this helping out the Oilers a ton in the long run. Joe? 
I agree. I, I think there's too much. I think the good word to use here is baggage. There's too much baggage that comes with Evander Kane off the ice and in the locker room. And, and hearing some of the stories you've heard without getting into detail about this guy, it's just I don't know if he's a guy I'd want to have in my locker room, especially on my team. And it's not like he's coming in and who's he's like a 100 point guy who like, OK, it makes the baggage a little more easier to carry when he's putting up 100 points. But what is Evander Kane good for? Like 20 goals now at this point in his career? I don't know. I just I just don't see it's not going to save this Edmonton Oilers season, but we'll see. I agree. He'll have a couple goals when he first gets there. People are going to think he's going to score 50 and then it'll come back. Like, I don't know. And we'll see what happens. I, don't think I used a... to love Kane. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then a lot of it problems came out about him and yeah, he just, it kind of turned me off from him. It used to be funny calling him second best Kane, even though he was like really, really good, like really good. So We'll see what happens there. Nicholas Littstrom, real quick, joined the Detroit Red Wings in their front office role. He's going to be there with Steve Eiserman. They have two of their three greatest players of all time. They're helping them turn this team around. They're a bubble team right now. I think the Bruins are going to be well ahead of them, and it's, they're not even going to be in the conversation because they're going to be so far ahead. But the Red Wings will remain as a bubble team, in my opinion, with the other Metropolitan teams. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on this great duo leading the Red Wings? They're going to be good for a long time and people yeah. start to figure it out. Well, I was going to say the fact that they're a bubble team, I would say the Red Wings are a little ahead of schedule in terms of the rebuild. They, they have some guys on their team, obviously led by Dylan Larkin, who we all know is sick, kind of has had an unfortunate start to his career given the team he's on and, you know, the rebuilding process that he's been kind of thrown into. Like but, Matthew Stafford, same town, same situation. But I, I would say, uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of been like that for a lot of Detroit sports, you know, not necessarily the funnest team to root for in the past few years or so, but I mean, things are, things are looking good on the rise in some of those teams, especially uh, those Detroit Tigers who we can talk about later on a baseball show, but um, led the way by Tyler Bertuzzi, Lucas Raymond, those guys in seeing Lidstrom join Iserman taking over. What was it last year was his first year then? I believe two years ago, two years ago, coming over from the Tampa Bay lightning, who obviously he's done some good work over there. Seeing these guys who were a part of this organization, it seems like the only one we're missing now is Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, seeing these guys join the organization, that means that they're all in on this rebuilding process. They see that there is a future here with this Detroit Red Wings team. And honestly, I couldn't disagree or I couldn't agree more with them. This Red Wing team is going to be a pain in my ass for the next few years. They will win the cup. Yeah. yeah. Frank? Joe, you, you said it perfectly. I mean, Nicholas Lidstrom joining the Red Wings franchise as a vice president of hockey operations, I think that is the perfect hire that the Red Wings need right now. I mean, you're adding a Hall of Famer who is named one of the 100 best players of all times. He's on that list. He played all 20 of his seasons with the Red Wings, including the final six of his seasons. He was the captain. He wants nothing better for this franchise than to win. So adding him and having that mindset and pairing him with Eisenman, it's just a deadly duo, and the Red Wings are going to be dangerous for the foreseeable future. There you have it. Watch out for the Red Wings. And what do you think this means to a guy like Maurice Sider, a, a young defenseman who's coming into the league? Like, Litchum is probably one of the best defensemen to ever play the game. I believe he has seven Norris trophies right behind Bobby Orr. I think he's the second best defenseman who ever lived. Yeah, it's he's definitely Bobby a debate. Or. It's definitely a debate. You know, you got him, uh, Ray Bork, you, some of these guys who like just have blown away in points. Um, but yeah, he's up there. People definitely would argue. So I'm sure having a guy like that now in your organization, someone to go to, like that could be great for this kid's career who's already having an amazing start to his season. 
Yeah, and part of the reason they're a bubble team is because of the fact that they have Cider and Raymond at, both as top five Calder Trophy candidates. Mm -hmm. so, Cider leads them in assists right now as a, a rookie defenseman. Yeah, unreal. Nikita Kucherov, hat trick on Tuesday. He's all the way back. We thought he'd be out longer. The Lightning are on a roll. They're one of the best teams in the league. Again, I don't think any of us think that they're going to three-peat, but we also all acknowledge that they absolutely could three-peat. Uh, Frank, thoughts on Kucherov? Um, well, we talked about, Vin. Remember that we said the Lightning needed a little time to get the rust off? Yep. And Joey disagreed with us. But that obviously proved to be true. They needed to get the rust off. And now look at how they're doing. Um but the thing that you said is you said Kutre is all the way back, but to be all the way back, you'd have to be off. And I don't really think at any point he was off. I mean, prior to the game Tuesday, he played what, how many, five games? And he had one goal, five assists. So he had six points in five games. You're more than a point per game. I wouldn't say that's off. I would say he just needed a little time. Uh, so he's now the Kucherov we need. So I, I'd say he's, I can't really say he's back because he was never gone in my opinion. Besides, yeah, you know, I pretty I mean? much went gone with injury, but yeah. Okay, yeah, but like, cause he's he's a stud even when he was playing. I mean, six points in five games, I'll take that for any player. Um, I know what he's capable of. He's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. He's gonna score a lot. He's gonna get a lot of assists. Gonna get a lot of points. Gonna be dangerous for the Lightning. Um, you want, but yeah. So I don't know. It's just dangerous. He's fun to watch. He is fun to watch. Uh, that was an impressive game in uh, Buffalo. You know, him and Stamkos working their magic. He had the hat trick. I think he had an assist too. Four nice little four point night. He absolutely got shut down on Saturday by the Boston Bruins. Like that. Talk about a game. That that Bruins Lightning game was unreal. So um, we'll see. We'll see how he goes from there. Three straight segments where Joey brought up the Bruins. Uh, Nikita Kucherov is one of the most underrated players in the NHL now. It's weird to say he has the most points of any single season player since Mario Lemieux. So I believe Nikita Kucherov, he should be in the conversation for second best player in the NHL because when people think, hey, name your top five players in the NHL. Uh, I always think of him. I, don't, would, I wouldn't say he's underrated. It I, would I be think McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Crosby. And then you start getting into the Barkovs and the Hedmans and – you know, guys like that. So I think Nikita Kucherov, he's got a legit argument for second best player. It took a while to admit Stamkos was no longer the best player on the Lightning. Well, he's probably the fifth best player on the Lightning now, and he's going to the Hall of Fame too. So I, they have Hall of Famers at every position. Hadman, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Point might even be on track. So it's a really good team. I'm excited about the Lightning. Yeah, I agree with you on that. The Colorado Avalanche have won a billion games in a row at home. I think the official number is 11 now. 12. It's 12. Okay, it's 12. Yeah. They were a little worrisome at first. They had a really tight game with the Chicago Blackhawks, but the Chicago Blackhawks, we'll get to them in a minute, but they're proving to be one of those teams that like just makes things hard on good teams and they play down to bad teams, which is not good, obviously. But, you know, the Avalanche are very good and everybody should be worried about them just as much as they are the Golden Knights. Yeah, the um, you know, they won 12 in a row, and the thing about them, that becomes crucial later on in the postseason, especially because they're going to be a team that has home ice advantage in the playoffs. Um, and you don't want to be that team that everybody thinks like, oh, you're a team that can't win on the road. You don't want to be known as that. I don't think the, the Avalanche are, but that's just something to keep in mind. This team has a ton of talent, um, and while they have struggled more on the road, 
at, than ha- they have at home. Um, I just don't see it being a problem in the future winning on the road, even though they did struggle against the Hawks on the road, which was kind of scary for Avalanche fans. But um, at home, they're just absolutely deadly. Yeah, and you kind of wonder if it has. I mean, I would love to ask, you know, a, a good sample size of sample size of NHL players throughout the league on other teams. If going to Colorado and playing is tougher in terms of like the elevation, you've you've mm-hmm. heard it a million times in football. Doesn't matter hockey or indoors. I would love to hear it from people who've actually played at this this level because you know not only are the Colorado Avalanche they have one of the best offensive rosters in the league. Uh, it's proving like they're even better at home. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But yeah, I agree with you. And while we're talking about the Colorado Avalanche, I just got to make quick mention of my guy, Kale McCarr. Um, we talked about him a lot, you know, last week, especially after that overtime goal against the Blackhawks. But I saw this stat: he would be leading 15 organizations in goals if he was on their team, <laughs> which is he's a defenseman. This is crazy. 15 different organizations. He'd be their leading goal scorer. So Kale McCarr having an incredible season. I was going to bring him up as well. I think he is their best player, even more than McKinnon. He is. I, I'm convinced he would be a 100-point guy if he was a forward. He also might not be, though. I didn't <laughs> want to argue. I didn't want to argue with that. You with that on the last show? I believe. But he I would. get what you're saying. But like the the way he creates offense, the way his brain works is from the back end. Yeah, so yeah, would it, it if sense, you had to think but... the game differently as a forward, would it come to him as easily? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think his skill, his skating, his stop on the dime, his his edge control, his stick handling. He literally looks like he looks like Nathan McKinnon. He, it's like they, he's in the talk for the Norris. Oh yeah, he's. My I would guy say to, he's he, the leader. He's my right guy now. to win it. Uh, I would say in. he's the leader. I, right I now. would pick him to win it. So would Over I. Fox. Fox is up there, and I think McAvoy's up there too. But I think McCarr's just the more consistent of the players. Yes, I agree, and I. The Bruins are going to just keep winning because Pasternak with Hall and Rask, and we'll get to the Bs in a minute too. But McAvoy is going to be in the conversation, in my opinion. He's been so sweet. But it's those three for me right now, and that Victor Hedman guy also having a great year. And I believe if you were to look at if you were to look um, passionately at the statistics of all the guys right now, I think Roman Yossi and John Carlson are in a lot of people's radar for the Norris Trophy as well. So that's the recap on that. Um, you want to talk about our favorite teams? I've been waiting. I've been hinting yeah, so at it. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe, you, you you hinted at it while we were talking about football. Um, I didn't mention Joe, the Bees. Joey's like, the Patriots play close to the Bruins. Did you know that? <laughs> well, I do think that, you know, the, the Bruins play at noon on Saturday, so it's going to be just all Boston day. Get ready. That town's yeah. going to be electric. Home game against Nashville on, at noon, and you got New England and Buffalo at 730. That's honestly good. great. Yeah. If you are watching this show and we did not mention something about one of your favorite teams, especially if one of your favorite teams is a team not called the New Jersey Devils, Boston Bruins, or Chicago Blackhawks, put in the comments right now a question you have on your team and we will address it in period number three. Welcome to period three where that open invite is out there for everybody to ask something about their favorite team. We'll start with the Chicago Blackhawks because of the fact that our friend Scox has something to say. Lucas Reichel got called up for the Hawks, and I'm super pumped to see how he does with the big squad. Couldn't agree with you more, buddy. It was a great first-round pick. He's been nails with the Rockford Icehogs so far this season. I will have a blog on DeWindyCity.com about the call-up tomorrow morning. I will be at his first career NHL game if that ends up being tomorrow. So hopefully that works out in the Blackhawks' favor. Frank? Your floor is yours. 
I just want to address Scox. I cannot wait for Reichel to join this Blackhawks team. I think he's going to make a huge impact. And speaking of players that are, I think are going to make a huge impact, last night we saw the NHL debut of Jakob Galvis playing for the Hawks. It was his first ever NHL game. Um, he was an absolute stud last night defensively. My eyes were blown at how well this man was playing in his first ever NHL game. He had so much trust by the coasting, coaching staff and Derek King that Galvis got to play on the first power play of the game on the starting lineup, which was really cool to see. He made some great defensive moves, and he didn't panic when um, Columbus had some odd man rushes, and he was the only defender back there. So I love to see that. The Blackhawks have won two games in a row now, including beating one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Western Conference, the Vegas Golden Knights, by a score of 2-1. to one. It was a very good game, very good outing by Flurry. Flurry back in the net yesterday against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they win 4-2. to two, to two. Um, The thing that interested me most about these games is that the Chicago Blackhawks played a lot of games that didn't feature a lot of shots. They had they had let out, allowed 26 shots from the Columbus Blue Jackets and only 31 versus Vegas, which low 30s is not terrible, especially against a squad like the Vegas Golden Knights, and they ended up winning both games. And I truly believe that when the Hawks play games that feature not a lot of shots, and this goes for every team, but I think the Hawks more than anyone because Flurry was the goalie for both games, they're going to win more games than not because Flurry's save percentage is going to come into play, and it proved right. They're on a little bit of a roll. I hope they continue that momentum into Mont- or home against the Canadians tomorrow. Um, it's been great to watch, and I can't wait for the addition of Reichel, and Galvis has just been absolutely insane in his first game. And that was just his first game, and I have so much good to say about him, so I can't wait to see uh, what else happens with this Blackhawks organization. Hopefully they could keep a few games uh, rolling, string together a few more wins here for the boys. Very well said, Frank. Uh, and I can't wait to see. I hope he makes his debut tomorrow. I hope I want to hear a pronunciation of his name because I've heard Reichel, I've heard Rico. I just want to get. I I hate when there's two different pronunciations. In my I brain. just remember Kirby Reichel, the old Leafs prospect. Reichel. I'm pretty the sure old, it's Reichel. the old Leafs prospect. I could have I heard. There. I could have swore I heard someone say Rico during the offseason. Frank, before you joined our show, we talked a lot. Me and Vinny talked a lot about this kid in the offseason because what is he german he's yeah, like a german looked, goal scorer. looked up his german videos and played him on the show yeah and and he just seems so sick he could be like a, a sick goal scoring guy that this team needs uh so i'm excited to see his debut but i also want to talk about this the past two games wait what, really, what are you laughing at? really quick there are two things before you get into the past two games the first thing is a friend of the program white Sox dave matt kirby reichel him and Chief were walking outside. I think it was during training camp or something. And White Sox Dave looks at Kirby Reichel. And this is a true story. He looks at Kirby Reichel and goes, you would make a great baseball player. I could turn you into an MLB player tomorrow. And, and fucking Reichel from Germany doesn't know shit about baseball. Probably doesn't even know how to play the game. And just the White Sox Dave looking at him, you know, just the meathead that he is. You'd make a great baseball player. And so, and the other thing I wanted to address, that's really funny. That's like a funny, I don't always think of that when I think of Kirby Reichel. Because tomorrow in person, I'm going to try and decide you, whether or not I think he'd be a good. You keep saying Kirby. Is that the guy who you think is? It's oh, Lucas. No, I meant Lucas. to say Lucas Reichel. Yeah, Lucas I didn't know what you meant. I know what you Kirby meant. Reichel, Kirby Reichel is, I don't know if they're related at all, but he's the Blackhawks guy. Uh, Kirby was with 
I want to say it was with the Leafs. The Leafs drafted him or something. He was a prospect. Didn't really pan out. Um, Scott says coaches said Reichel will play a few games and then get sent back to Rockford. To be honest, I think if he contributes well, he'll keep a spot. His debut for tomorrow is confirmed. I agree with that statement. I don't. I think he keeps his spot if he, uh, depending on how well he plays. I don't because if he plays more than nine games, they burn his first year. Mm -hmm. And why the hell would the Hawks burn his first year? on this season when they're probably going to trade Flurry, They're probably going to trade DeHaan. Like, I just don't see the point in wasting an entire year. Yeah, I guess I really didn't realize that. Then, yeah, no, I contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then so, I wouldn't play him. More yeah, I, I, I'd give him eight games. I know it's if you reach 10 games, then he'll play the rest of the season. That, that you can bet your money on. If he reaches 10 games, he'll play every game the rest of the season unless he gets hurt. I would stop him at nine. Once he plays his ninth game, I don't care if he has 20 points. I would send his ass back to Rockford and see a training camp, buddy. We're going to try and be a playoff team again next year. I agree. Um, about that Vegas game you mentioned, Frank, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I don't know if you guys saw this. That Love is – this. Love he is the guy. first goaltender in NHL history to beat all 32 yeah, I saw that. NHL teams, which is sick. Because yeah. I'm sure there are goalies who beat all 30 teams and then maybe even all 30 – he was probably the one – he probably the first... certainly didn't. He never beat the Devils. Exactly. So, like, some Hall of Fame goalies uh, might not never get that chance. And the fact that two teams have been added in his career, late in his career, to say the least, he beat them both, being uh, Las Vegas and Seattle. So... And he played for one of them. Exactly. So that's, <laughs> makes... like, it's crazy how yeah. he was the first If he finished his career in Vegas, he never gets that, that yeah. you know, remark. Exactly. Which uh, v- is... Like, Vasilevsky will probably – get that distinction if he ever gets a chance to beat the lightning you know what maybe. i'm saying maybe like, you don't know how often he's ever even going to you know play against vegas if he hasn't I mean, we don't know if he's beaten vegas i can't recall if the lightning beat vegas they play oh, him twice a year you can, I'm sure you can look i'm sure you can look but that's uh, not a guarantee twice a year and it's not a guarantee that he was even in that when they exactly played. exactly exactly yeah. so yeah. That's a hard thing to do to beat 32 nhl teams mark andre Fleury, another thing to add to his hall of, hall of fame career uh, Parisi has scored on every team except the Kraken. I don't, That's think, he's cool ever gonna, I don't think he's ever going to score against the Kraken. That's pretty cool, too. We'll have to keep so, an eye out when the Islanders make their way to Seattle or vice yeah. versa. Uh, another thing I want to play hockey again, they're supposed to play tomorrow against the Devils. We'll see. Another thing I want to mention, Vin, it always seems like you go to these cool things. You're going to see uh, Rico's debut. I remember you saw against the Winnipeg Jets, you saw Tavo Taravainen's NHL debut. Was it his NHL debut or was it his first goal? It was his first career goal. I think first I know where you're goal. going with this, though. Um, where am I going with it? Andrew Shaw. Uh, yeah, that's exactly where I'm going with it. I wouldn't be surprised you're going to see a lot of Shawsy jerseys, one of my favorite players. Uh, I've said it many times on the show. It's uh, his appreciation night, so he'll be in the building. Sure, that'll be really cool to see. Feel free to take some videos so we could show them uh, next week's show. Yeah, maybe I'll make a little video out of my trip to the United Center tomorrow. Yeah, um, it is Andrew Shaw's final skate, and I'm very much looking forward to it. It is against his old team, the Montreal Canadiens. I have never seen the Habs in person, so I'm very much looking forward to that. And I believe my seats are three rows behind Marc Andre Fleury, so we'll see if that's actually that close? if it actually is what it turns out to be. Like I'm very excited. Um, like I said, never seen the Habs in person. They're a historic NHL team. They kind of suck ass. In my opinion, they're the second worst team in the NHL. But it should be a good game nonetheless. And they're, they're playing your Boston Bruins tonight, who I would like to hear an update on right now. I think I know where you'll lead off. Um, 
I mean, there's just been so much good stuff to talk about the Boston Bruins since the Christmas slash COVID break. They've lost one game, and it was against the Minnesota Wild. Frank, you nailed it. You said last week, we, t- we kind of previewed that Wild uh, Bruins game. You said it was going to be a tough game. Vin, who are the two guys? Bodie and... Bodie and Marco Rossi. And Bodie played yeah. at TD Garden mm-hmm. many times as a college player. And him getting his first tuck at the Garden was really cool. Yeah, it was really I know you cool. Probably hate, I know you it, probably hated it, but... It, I hated Boston it in the moment, kid, but... Boston kid, though, scoring against the... Like, think about if you scored against the Bruins. You'd love it. Yeah, I hated it in the moment, but then, you know, after the game... I realized the Bruins are the better team. You go back and watch. You see his family, his dad. It's it's a heartwarming moment. Actually, being a Boston fan, it makes me happy for the Boston kids. So he's going to be sick in the NHL. That whole wild team is is phenomenal. But uh, then they uh, – Can I just say one of... thing? I'm sorry oh. to interrupt you. If you made it to the NHL and you weren't on the Bruins oh, – I'd be a Bruins fan. You'd, no, you'd score against them and be pissed. <laughs> he'd, be like, no, he'd be like, fuck – Bruins gave up a goal. <laughs> yeah, me. for real, for real. But then they, they, uh, they head over to Tampa Bay on Saturday, where they played one of the most complete games. David Pasternak, I kind of mentioned that he uh, got off the goal scoring, scoring Schneid against your New Jersey Devils. He continued it right back with two, the first two goals of that game against Tampa Bay. He had a couple goals against Washington, who they scored a touchdown and the extra point on on Monday night. But one thing I want to mention about that Washington game is Matt Grizzlick didn't get enough recognition, I feel. He wasn't even the first star of the game. He wasn't even the second star of the game. He had five points that game. He's the first defenseman this year to have a five-point night. I was a little upset he was only the third star of the game. Uh, David Pasternak got that first star remarks. Both of those games were started by um, Linus Allmark, who has been playing great. I think the plan was to go with Allmark those games. He's played two in a row now because he is their official backup goalie as Jeremy Swayman heads over to Providence Bruins because to no one's surprise, not my surprise, the highlight of my season so far, I woke up yesterday to find out that Tuka time is back. He signs a one-year deal, $1 million. Vin, I told you that this guy is going to come back. He's going to play for free pretty much. He's he said money's not an option. He's only playing with the Bruins. I previewed it many, many months ago. He's signing early into 2022. Here we are officially backing up tomorrow night, or no, tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. Most likely, I'm very confident he's going to start tomorrow against the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm so excited. My guy, my favorite player in NHL history is back. That's all I got. I'll back it up. The Bruins are a wagon now. Yeah. I love breaking up the perfection line and seeing what Pasternak and Hall have done together. It's been unreal. Uh, you know, Craig Smith playing on the top line with Brad Marchand. Everyone is scoring. Everyone's scoring again. The D is chipping in. Matt Grizzlick is a great number two. Carlo is the perfect chef's kiss number three. I, I just think the Bruins are all the way back. Swayman going down instead of Allmark's a little weird. It, here's why it's but not we, weird. Even though, even though I said Allmark would stay last week and you disagreed with me, but I know more about the Bruins than you, which is I disagree just always for been one obvious. reason. But I Swayman, just think the Bruins are a wagon, and there's no doubt about it. Swayman has, a, I think, believe an 8-6-2 record this year with a 2.26 goals against average. Phenomenal stats. Believe I forget his save percentage. It's definitely north of 9-1. Um, he's been great. You can't if you send Allmark down, 
uh, he would have to clear waivers. He he's not claimed. Clear, he's not clearing waivers. You the can't Devils would fi- probably claim him. Yeah, and he's he's making like five mil. So you got to make the contract kind of worth it. He's a great goalie. They could trade him. I wouldn't be surprised if they move Allmark at the deadline. Call Swayman back up. Swayman was able to go to Providence without having to clear waivers. The only thing that sucks, he is not taxi squad eligible. I don't know the ins and outs of that. I don't know why he can't be put on the taxi squad, but he wasn't eligible. Um, but the fact that they sent him down right away and are rolling with just Tuka Rask and Linus Allmark, it tells me that Tuka Rask is 110% healthy and ready to go. Um, so and I'm excited. Do you think it's possible that you either need to be on an entry-level deal or a two-way deal in order to be on the taxi squad? Would be my. I best believe guess. he is on a two-way deal, which is why he didn't have to clear Allmark? No, oh, no, no. Swayman. Oh, you're saying Swayman's not taxi squad eligible? Yeah, that, that's why he got sent down, because he didn't have to clear waivers. Oh, no, I, I can't explain why he's he would He would still be on the team. Him. If he would have had to clear waivers, he would still be on the team, because I believe all 30 – I truthfully believe 31 – teams would would try to put in a claim for jeremy swayman he is the bruins he would number just go to the coyotes he is the bruins number one yeah. goalie in the future yeah he like, would probably he, just like, get claimed by the coyotes it wouldn't even get to the second yeah he is i believe 23 years old frankie's your age um this kid isn't going anywhere he is the next bruins up and coming goalie and honestly it's been a pleasure to watch him this past year and a half develop and he's starting off so great this is just the start of jeremy swayman i'm all in on that um and I don't know if you saw the Capitals game. I forgot to mention this. Brad Marchand is an absolute Unreal. warrior. This dude has, he is bleeding. Almost worse. I've never seen a player with that bad of a cut. He has like yeah. two cuts right here. He's got the bridge of your nose could through. bleed rather easily if you get a cut. Yeah. And it happened like with five minutes left in the first period. He takes a nasty high stick. No ill intent, nothing dirty about it. The guy got double minor. Uh, put the Bruins on a five on three. Brad Marchand missed the beginning of the five on three as, you know, they're trying to get the blood to stop, but he ain't leaving. He's not leaving that, that ice surface until that period ends. He gets out there as he's dripping blood. You can literally see blood dripping. Um, gets on the power play as a sick pass to Pasternak who gets the first goal. Mind you, they're down two nothing. And then Brad Marchand ties the game late in the first period as he's dripping blood. Goes and gets stitched up in the intermission. Doesn't miss a single shift the rest of the game. Come to find out he's got a broken nose and five five to six stitches in his nose right now. He is playing tonight. What an absolute animal. That team needs him. He knows it. I know it. Bruins are a wagon. I couldn't agree with you more. Joe, I got a question for you. I got an answer. Do you think the capital curse is finally over? Oh, the capital curse. The capital curse. It's not a capital curse. It's a Braden Holpe curse. There is no capital curse. It was Braden Holpe's fault the Bruins weren't able to beat the capital since 2014. There was one year Braden Holpe didn't give up a single goal in three games to the Boston Bruins. He literally shut them out all three times. It was literally a six-year stretch where the Bruins couldn't beat the Capitals. Braden Holpe was lights out for some reason every single game. I don't even want to play Dallas this year because I'm worried Braden Holpe is going to ruin my day. Uh, I'm still scared of Braden Holpe when it comes to him versus the Bruins. I'm not scared of the Washington Capitals. I wasn't last year when they met them in the playoffs and beat them in five. No, I'm not scared of the Washington Capitals anymore. There you have it. That's the Boston Bruins. The New Jersey Devils haven't played in a couple of days. They had some games canceled. They have another long COVID list. They're scheduled to play tomorrow night. Blackwood on IR. Um, it's going to be Gillies and net for the Devils. Um Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer are so awesome. I mean, Jack Hughes especially, but they're they're up and coming. I, I'm not as down on them as I was three or four weeks ago. They are very good. And I can't wait to 
you know, see what they do going forward. Um, I really don't have much on them because it's been a while since they played. They started winning some games, but they're still a little inconsistent. Dawson Mercer has been starting to really get hot again. And Dougie Hamilton's been out with a fractured thing, but Nico Heischer escaped a significant injury by they thought the foot was broke, had a chance to be broken. He flew back to New Jersey. The, the results of the x-rays were negative. It's just a bad bruise. It's just a matter of how much pain does he want to play through. And then they get this COVID thing, and all of a sudden he's got a couple free days off that he would not otherwise have had. They should be playing against the New York Islanders tomorrow. I'm very excited to catch it and see what goes on there. And at the same time, I will be at the Chicago Blackhawks game against the Montreal Canadiens. So with these three teams, I'm having a lot of fun watching them. The Devils are not a wagon yet, but they should be in short order. I'm really – I'm optimistic. I'm getting optimistic again about the Devils because of how good I've seen Heashier and Hughes be in the last, I don't know, three weeks or so since Christmas. I mean, Jack Hughes is over point per game, and we could be talking about a 100-point guy when he plays a full season. Like, he's very good. So excited about the Devils. Can't wait for them to come back. I miss them. That's my favorite team. And kind of feel like you did with the Bruins a little bit a couple weeks ago, just not having them around because it's been since last week. Yeah, it's it's opposite now because the Bruins, looking at their schedule, I, I'm pretty sure we'll see how they handle that uh, that week that two week in February that the Olympics were supposed to take place. We'll see if there's going to be games added to that slot, but there's not going to be much off time for the Boston Bruins anymore. Frank, we can't joke about that anymore. We used to joke like, who are the Bruins? Can't do that anymore because they they literally play every other day for the rest of the season. Uh, it seems there might be a couple days where they got two days off, but it's going to be a tough long stretch. It's good that they're starting to find their game. Yeah, and the Blue Jackets. Um, that was the last team the Devils played on Saturday. They lost three to four. It was a close game. Uh, Merzlikens made a sick save on Heischer with like less than a minute left that would have gotten the game tied. It was a great play by the Devils, and they just got robbed, and that cost them the game. They were postponed against the Lightning on Monday. It was their fault. They play the Islanders tomorrow. Montreal and Toronto postponed on Saturday and Monday. That's because they're in Canada. That is not the Devils' fault. So we'll see what happens after tomorrow. They will face the Arizona Coyotes next Wednesday, which should be pretty fun. And then it's, you know, it's smooth treading from there. That Olympic break is coming up. There's only like seven or eight games left until it, and we'll see how the teams handle scheduling some makeup games during that pretty much three-week absence. So that's Frank, what I have on the Devils. Frank, do you know if the if tomorrow's Blackhawks-Canadians game, is that an originally scheduled game? Yes. Uh, I believe it is, yeah. Because the, the Bruins were actually supposed to be in Montreal tonight. I saw that, and it was scheduled to be – now it's scheduled mm-hmm. in Boston. Yeah, so this game, it's weird because the games are numbered and all that. So tonight's game, Bruins at Montreal, is technically in postponed delay. It's canceled. If you look at the NHL app, it's PPD, Bruins in Montreal. And it got replaced by this game, which is Montreal in Boston, which was supposed to take place March 31st, I believe. So people who had tickets to March 31st Bruins-Habs game are eligible to use those tickets for tonight's game because that's the game that's being played tonight. I thought that was very interesting the way they did that. And, and it that's is, why they're honoring Willie O'Ree. It is Willie O'Ree night because that was going to happen. I think that was going to happen in March. I don't know. That game got moved to tonight. The game that was supposed to be played tonight got postponed. So Willie O'Ree does get his number 22 retired tonight as well, which is long overdue, you know, an incredible human being. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Shout out to Willie O'Ree. 
Jackie Robinson of hockey. He broke the color barrier in the NHL. He wasn't an elite player like Jackie Robinson was, but he's a, freshly in the Hall of Fame as a builder, and few people have impacted the sport of hockey to the degree that Willie O'Ree has. So credit to him. I cannot wait to see that little ceremony for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Number t- another number in the rafters forever, number 22. Absolutely. What is something hockey-related, Joe, that you are most looking forward to seeing between now and our next show? You know, I feel bad saying it. You guys make fun of me all the time for talking about the Bruins, but... I figured it would be something Bruins-related. My excitement to see Tuka Rask in that, I can't even describe it. I have... how many Vin, how many Tuka Rask jerseys do I have? It's my go-to jersey. I got the Shit, at least 30. I got a Finland jersey, for Christ's sake, of Tuka Rask. He is my guy. I have I Tuka Rask is my all-time favorite hockey player. And seeing his season debut after being a free agent uh up until now, he, he, having his off-season surgery, it's just it's gonna be amazing for me. So that is my thing hockey related that I'm most looking forward to, and that's the season debut of Tuka Rask. Frank. In hockey, I really, really love looking forward to original six matchups. So but besides the Bruins playing Montreal tonight, I'm really looking forward to the Hawks blowing the wheels off of Montreal tomorrow right after the Bruins destroy them tonight. Um, you know where to find me. I'll be right here <laughs> watching the game. Uh, I cannot wait. Um, yeah, and Tuka Raz, It'll be good to see him back in that. So. It's honestly, for us, Frank, it's a sick couple-night stretch. Yeah. Original six matchup, Bruins-Canadians, yeah. Hawks-Canadians. Those are always great games. So. I cannot wait, yeah. For me – I, I'm very much looking forward, and it's perfect with the whole really, Willie O'Ree thing. Monday's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and because most of the masses President's are days, off, right? no, it's Martin Luther King Day. Oh, and there are there is daytime hockey. The Minnesota Wild play the Colorado Avalanche at 2. The Los Angeles Kings play the San Jose Sharks at 3. The Montreal Canadiens play the Arizona Coyotes at 3. There are, The Chicago Blackhawks play the Seattle Kraken at 4. And I know the three of us will be together hanging out on that day, and it'll be awesome to have some hockey to watch in addition to that great football game between the Rams and the Cardinals. I I don't think there's a better game for us three to be together for because even though we had some disagreements on some of our picks, the only one we were adamantly disagreeing with each other was that game. So I'm very much looking forward to watching it with you guys. One of us is going to be wrong, and I can't wait to either experience the high or the low. It's going to be a lot of fun. So what is something not hockey-related that you're most looking forward to watching between now and next Wednesday? could be anything in the world, as long as you have to sit there and watch it on a screen. Joe, I think I know your answer. We might agree. I see. I don't know. I have two. I have have two, too. I have two as well. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, tonight, probably. I'm probably going to end up watching, you know, this is slowly becoming one of my favorite uh, shows one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars entertainment, and that is episode three, The Book of Boba. We saw it. it'll get a little nerdy here for a second. In episode two, it was incredible. The the whole storyline, the flashback storyline, Vin, that we we were talking about with the Sand People. If you're not watching Book of Boba and you're a Star Wars fan, what are you doing? Um, I'm looking forward to episode three tonight because uh, who knows the direction that this show is going to go. But then I also want to, you know, playoff football is electrifying, especially when it involves the New England Patriots. I've been watching it my whole life. Um, so it's back to finally, you know, watch that again. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones leading the way. That game in Buffalo is going to be awesome on Saturday night. 
Um, really quick, but to cap off that Martin Luther King slate of hockey, the Pittsburgh Penguins play the Vegas Golden Knights. We mentioned it a little bit before, too. So that's also in the conversation for things hockey-related I'm most looking forward to. As far as not hockey, Joe, I couldn't agree with you more. Tonight, we probably will together watch episode number three of The Book of Boba. Going to get real down and nerdy with you. I'm pretty looking forward to catching what goes on in this episode because the last two episodes are very intriguing. I don't really think it's a spoiler to say there are kind of two storylines going on at the same time. I don't expect one of them to last much longer. I believe a resolution to it could be on the horizon. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And then, of course, I will give mention to watching my guy. No matter what, it's always there. Tom Brady in the postseason since I'm a little kid. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing against those Philadelphia Eagles. I can't wait for that. And hey, shout out to the Bulls and the Nets. And I know the Bulls play the Lake or the the Golden State Warriors as well. So two very good Bulls games coming up as well. Let's go Bulls. I'm seeing so much red. I can't wait to watch the Bulls as well. So shout out Scott for that great answer. Though I know I said one thing. Those are the three things I'm most looking forward to. Frank, floor is yours. Uh, there's not a game right now within the next week that I'm looking for more than the Steelers game. I want to see Big Ben's last playoff push of his career, um, and it'll make it that much sweeter if they could just knock out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Oh, my God. You have no idea. I don't even know if I'll be able to, like, handle myself that day. I'll be at a loss for words. My body will just melt. I hope so, Ben. There you go. I like the picks. So – Let's get over to everybody's favorite segment of any week in any show. There's like, shit, where's the hat? And of course, (laughs) that is Breaking Bets. I had to travel far for that one. Didn't know if I'd get it in time, huh? That was awesome. Because as soon as I started to like lean into it, he goes, what am I going to do? It was like, it's across the room. I was very underprepared. But hey, we're always ready. I am the danger. I am the danger. Frank, what do you got? You always you guys give some dangerous ass picks each week. Shit. Faye, I, I think Faye, I've been Joey, cold. Faye, Joey, and Frank. Yeah, I've been cold through Alabama. I, I think weird. I've been pretty cold. I'm not going to lie. My my hockey picks. I mean, I, granted, I always stick to hockey. Um, And Frank and Vin, I'm sure you guys can agree. Hockey is one of the toughest sports to bet on. It is it, the it is, toughest. It, it is, is so hard. Number one hardest. And it it's is honestly, the hardest by far. Yeah, it's frustrating. To say the least, because it's my favorite sport to bet on. So, I don't know. I got a couple picks tonight, but I don't know. I feel bad always starting. You want me to start? Or... I'll start. You start us off, Frank. Um, so, let's see how I want to go about this. I don't know. You know, I always give a plethora of picks. I got four picks for you. We'll start off with, I guess, the NBA. Because then I have it, it could lead into my hockey pick. Um, interestingly enough, I like the Mavericks tonight. They're at they're in New York at the Knicks. They're going for seven straight wins. And on that seven game win or on their six game win streak that they're currently on, they've beat the likes of the Bulls. Not easy to do. They've beat the likes of the Warriors, not easy to do. And they've beaten the likes likes of the Nuggets, which when healthy is not easy to do. 
with uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, right now, the Mavericks money line is minus 140. But then, you know, some people just don't like that minus 140. They want that little extra, like, icing on the top, that little little extra, little extra value to, to turn that minus 140 into a plus. And after going over all the games, there is not a better pick tonight to parlay that with than the Boston Bruins. I, I Boston Bruins are minus 350, so you don't want to take them on, on their own. But parlaying that with the Mavericks makes it plus 120. That's You got all the value you need right there. And there's no way Montreal goes into Boston tonight, especially with Tuka Rask starting. And is he I just believe, starting, right? No, I believe he's backing up. He should, I think he's going to start tomorrow against Philadelphia. All right, well, whatever. I don't care who's yeah. starting. There's no way Montreal goes into Boston tonight in wins. So I, I absolutely love those two picks. The next pick I got is this weekend. I love the Patriots' money line at plus 167. You could even take them plus four if you're not feeling that risky at minus 110. But the money line, to me, is that's fine. I like the plus 167. And also, which is just completely absurd, I don't even know why it's this high, I love the Las Vegas Raiders at plus five and a half. That's a team that I think that could win outright, but – why are they five and a half? Why aren't they four like the Patriots? Why aren't they four and a half? Why aren't they five? Why are they five and a half? I think that's way too many points to give the Raiders. At minus 113, those are my picks. I, I agree, and I love that you threw that football one in there, Frank, because I agree. Uh, I know I, I normally don't give football picks, but yeah, even if you took – I see the, I see the five and a half, it's minus 110. But even if – I agree. Take that money line at plus 188 if you're really feeling spicy because I truthfully believe the Vegas Raiders – can go into Cincinnati and beat the Bengals. So I love that pick. I also love that New England money line pick. Um, you said money line, right? Or yeah. Did you say- My money yeah. line. What I said, if you you don't want to be that risky, you could take them plus four. Either yeah. Way. So we got the same lines. The only thing that our lines differ on here is you're getting the Bruins. You said at minus three fifty. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like I'm getting ripped off. It's minus four hundred on mine. Which I mean, I agree with you. I. I if there's a game that I'm confident in my bees to win, it's tonight at the TD Garden against the Montreal Canadiens, where they are playing the best hockey of the of the season. Um, so I like that. But I guess at some value here, I like the way that the Bruins have been controlling games. So I'm feeling good taking the under six and a half in that Bruins Montreal game. Yes, the Bruins are scoring, everyone is scoring, but the way that they are, you know, kind of taking control over games. Under six and a half is minus 134. And I just feel like that's great value for this game. Another over under I have is that Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Arizona Coyotes. Austin Matthews going to his hometown. Uh, I like the over six at minus 120 in that game. So too, not enough value to necessarily take money lines here or spreads in hockey. But the under in the Bruins game and the over in that Leafs game are my two picks outstanding picks from both of you i have effective immediately retired from gambling (laughs) so i have no picks for you this week except for tom brady tom you just bucks plus a billion i mean tom brady bet on tom brady to be tom brady yes exactly that's my pick this week but like i said retired from gambling effective immediately probably forever so until the rough, rough, rough national championship game. Too. It was a rough national championship. It's come Super Bowl. You know, this guy's oh, going to be yeah. dialing yeah. in the pick. Let me get, oh, let me get four. Yeah. I want four he's squares. Let me get, 
You're damn he's right. He's buying all the squares he can. He's got heads. He's got the the anthem over two and he's a half got or whatever. Orange Gatorade or whatever he's getting. Yeah. For the third year in a row, I will bet heads for the coin toss and I will win. Don't now I gotta take me. tails. I won last year. Why are we going? That's not something to fade me on. That's not something to fade me on. It's not going to happen again. That is not something to fade me on. So that's my picks for that. We'll talk about Super Bowl picks when that time comes. We got a little way to go before that. But I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for tuning in today. Um, Make sure you're following at the King Bean on Twitter. Make sure you're following at Joey Parisi on Twitter. And make sure you're following at Vinny underscore Parisi on Twitter for right now because we're dealing with some serious Twitter issues, hoping to get my old one back. But I am looking for people to follow my new one for right now, hoping that it's able to, you know, resolve itself. But if I have to grow a new one, I was real sad about it at first. But then I realized I'm the king of social media. I could get this new account back to the way the old one was. If anyone could do it, it's us. And I'm very much looking forward to trying. I hope that Joey's able to get rid of that underscore and get my old one back. But I can confirm that help is on the way, trying to either grow this new one or get the old one back. So, And then another special announcement, special, special, special announcement. Coming to Crosstown Crosstalk is the biggest guest that we've ever had in either of these two shows' histories. And we've had some awesome guests. We've had people like Pitching Ninja, Gavin Sheets, Carmen DeFalco, David Kaplan, just some awesome, awesome, awesome names to have on our little programs that we try to make people laugh with. Well, this one's probably the biggest. Chicago White Sox closer, Liam Hendricks, is coming on Crosstown Crosstalk. I can't confirm if we're airing it either tomorrow or next Thursday, but Liam Hendricks will be on our show either tomorrow or next Thursday, Crosstown Crosstalk. Make sure you're following all of us to tune into that. It's a very exciting moment for me and the Barroom Network and everybody involved in our you know little enterprise here. I'm very much looking forward to it. I can't wait to speak with Liam. I can't wait to ask him about things like playing the Chicago White Sox and what made him choose to come here. And is it strange playing in Major League Baseball as – you know, somebody who comes from a different country. Like, I'm just so excited about this whole thing. And I can't wait for everyone to hear it. So make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you're following the Barroom Network on Twitter. Make sure you're following the three of us on Twitter. And I'm very much looking forward to speaking to you all very soon. Boys, do you have anything left to say before we head on out of here? Just excited for some playoff football. Yeah, and I also am very – Yeah, and I'm very excited for that Liam interview as well. I will be joining you in that, and that will definitely be a highlight moment for us. Talk some baseball with uh, one of the game's great closers, someone who we've gone and seen uh, numerous times this year. So it'll be fun. Absolutely. That's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. We're done when I say we're done. When I say. Thank you for listening. Thank you.